When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm actually joined by Brian Degnan. Welcome back on a Friday, Brian. You've been off for a few weeks. It's brilliant to have you back, mate. It's good to be back. Um, it's been nice. I've been chomping at the bit to get back on and, and just in the nick of time, just as the, the league's about to kick off. So perfect timing and uh, glad to be back. Yes, we will be joined by Jerry as well this Friday afternoon. Loads to talk about. That's the thing as well, I guess, when you take a few weeks off, Brian. Uh, you can soak it up. You can watch the games. Uh, but I understand your CSC won a tournament over the summer. They did, yeah. Won a, a, a five-a-side uh, tournament in honour of uh, Jimmy Johnson. So the, the Swindon Shamrock showed up. And actually, a lot of us couldn't make it. They asked me to play, but I was... It was just as well I didn't because I'm absolutely rotten, so I wouldn't have helped him at all. But uh, I they won it with five men. Actually, the goalkeeper, Big Lee, he actually fractured his arm, saved a shot, finished the game, and they still won. So, shout out to Big Lee, Marshy, the rest of the guys, and the, the Swindon Shamrocks in general. Superb. Yeah, big shout out to them. Big shout out to the organisers of the tournament and, of course, the Jimmy Johnson Academy. I was down seeing them again yesterday. I'll tell you a wee bit more about that. We're just about to bring Jerry Taylor into the equation. Jerry, how are you doing, my friend? Hello, how's it going? Sorry, I'm late. Brilliant. No, not at all. You weren't actually late. I had to come back. Really. back I know. We just we strive for perfection, and um, there was a wee delay, and it was confusing us between your voice and the visuals. But it's all good now. We're good to go. As I said, I was down at the Jimmy Johnson yesterday, down at Cathkin Park, um, and I was actually talking to a local boxer called Jack Turner. I know you like a bit of the boxing yourself, Brian. Um, Jack is fighting on the first of September. Big Celtic man. He wears the the four leaf clover on his shorts. He does all that. Superb. So uh, Brayhead Arena. He's on the undercard of the Burns and Lemon fight, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go along and watch it. I have never been to the boxing, Brian. I'm guessing you have. Yeah, I was mostly like I've seen my brother fight a few times in, in sort of um, a few amateur fight cards and stuff like that. Um, it's always a good night, though. They're always good occasions. It's good to see. And I think one of the things we, we, we I was having a conversation with somebody earlier about this actually. The thing with, with, with boxing is it's so fascinating because even whether you win, lose, draw, having the dedication to train your body and mind for so long for that, you know, couple of minutes in the ring mm-hmm. and stand there and face somebody that's very dangerous across for you, I, I, it's an amazing achievement just to get in there in the first place. So, um, especially the boys when they're shamrock on his shots, I'm achieving for them. But I, it's brilliant. They're always good nights, always good fun. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, looking back, the one question I would ask, and I don't know if any of you guys know, Jerry or Brian, anybody in the comments section, feel free to get involved in this one. Has there ever been a boxing match? Do you call it a boxing match? Do I sound as though I don't know what I'm talking about? I was going to call it a boxing fight. That's like when you're speaking to someone that, that obviously doesn't know football. Oh, he I shot, he shot a good goal. goal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, shot a good goal. And that's when I was watching the commentary and it started going on about got a shot in. I was like, where did you make that up? No one says get a shot in. Now everybody says it. Uh, right, got a shot away. Get a shot away. Has there ever been a boxing match at Celtic Park? Has there? I'm not sure. Did Benny Lynch ever fight there? I'd love sure to know. You outside Celtic Park? <laughs> I'm sure there has been. Is <laughs> there a company to it? It's probably my own that <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, someone in the comments will know for sure. I don't know the answer. I'm putting it out there. Let us know. Has there ever been a fight, boxing fight at Celtic Park? Let us know your thoughts on that. Loads to discuss. Brian's been off for a few weeks, Jerry. So we'll be talking about how satisfied we are with the signing so far, going into our first game. Is there any apprehension about the game? Not in terms of the playing side of it, but uh, obviously around Brendan's return. We saw his return in earnest against uh, Athletic Club the other night there. Is there going to be anything said in relation to it? Or are we over all that? Uh, and also we'll be talking about who's going to be leaving, who's coming in, and who lines up for the game as well. Jerry, I'm going to come to yourself. I noticed you were at the game. You were at the James A. Forrest match. How did you enjoy it? Oh, do you know what, mate? CJ's been back. It was outstanding. I was lucky, a wee gem on Twitter, because <laughs> I couldn't, because of where I live, it's really tough for me to get back at night because of the trains. But they offered me a lift and a ticket, which was amazing. So, you know, I just went up, um, sat with people I didn't know. Um, but it was so nice because I sat beside a guy, Big Pat, if you're watching Pat, he's a big Axum fan. Oh, so, I'm blithering away to him. There was a couple in front of me that are big fans of the show. So it was so nice to actually go and speak to these people that are watching. So big shout out to you all. And the guy I met down Govern Beach yesterday as well that I was speaking to. So he's doing a great job, mate, because everyone knows you. Um, I, so being able to sit there, for me, that wasn't a testimonial, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was a, a, a great workout for the team. I felt a bit sorry for James Forrest because it just felt like, Let's just use this match as his testimonial. Um, I know some of the guys have been on here saying, like, they didn't like the old testimonials when, I don't know, the Honey Monster was coming on and winning a penalty. And the last <laughs> That's night. right. I know. <laughs> yeah, the competition winners. Uh, exactly. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Was he a project signing? Was he one of them? <laughs> <laughs> it just he's became... He's a serial yeah, an exhibition game. Oh. It became a bit of fun, you know. It did, but I like that. The kind of Harlem Globetrotters type thing. I'm into pantomime and everything, mate. I mean, I'm writing pantomimes constantly. So I like that kind of family atmosphere. However, it didn't take away from the fact that we were celebrating this amazing career of James <laughs> Forrest. Uh, I thought, I mean, it's a shame the first half was minging, wasn't it? <laughs> um, and... I need to say it because it was really funny, but I don't agree with it, but somebody said something really funny. You know how they took Jamesy off on the 49th? <laughs> somebody went, I wish he was number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings the subject up about our relationship with Jamesy Forrest. Uh, but I totally agree with you, and I said this, Brian, actually, you know, I could split the pre-season up into three sections, Portugal, Japan, and then obviously the two games we've had since we've come back. And the two games, the Wolves game and then the testimonial, they were the ones, I think, that were pretty competitive. I know we got gubbed over in Japan 6-4. But in terms of the competitive edge and actually looking at it and thinking, right, now I'm starting to see, in my mind, what the starting 11 is going to be. It's going to be a hybrid of what happened the other night. Um, and it gives us that kind of sense. It didn't, look, it didn't feel like a testimonial in particular in the second half, did it? No, I tell you what, both the um, both the rules and the the um, Bilbao game, I thought were actually really good games to watch. You know, yeah. a lot of testimonials are, are kind of turgid, and there's loads of changes. It doesn't quite work, but I felt it was a real good bite. And, and you know, Wolves had their top team out. One of my mates is a Wolves fan, and um, he sees that like, that's that would be like our starting eleven, and they're pretty much up to speed. And Bilbao, that's that's. I don't think they rest. I think he played most of the first team as well. Mm -hmm. So that's two very good sides. We, we should have been Wolves, we should have beat, and Bilbao we did. Uh, so I think it's shaping up quite well. I think there's been a few surprises with players, and I know we're going to talk about them, but 
There's been some players that have shown up really, really well, others that haven't as much. There's been a few surprises of who those players are. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it all the more exciting, right? Because obviously, it doesn't matter who's in charge of Celtic or what additional squads in or anything like that. The day before the first game of the season, when you're going to raise the flag and play the first competitive game after the summer, is always brilliant. The fact that, you know, I think the squad's in a better condition than it was. I think a few of the signings are going to be excellent for us. And, you know, Bredger and Rogers being back, I'd say before, I, I was on record, I never slated him too badly after he left, but I certainly wasn't happy about it. Mm-hmm. When he was coming back, I thought, he's he also he's a good man for the job, he's going to do well. Am I as sort of over the moon about him joining again? I'm not sure. But as soon as the, the, the kickoff starts, you're cheering them on, just as you do anybody that wears the hoops or works for the hoops or is part of it. It doesn't it ultimately doesn't matter. You just want success. Everyone wants the same thing. And it's um I, I hate when you see that kind of division amongst fans and you think, do you know what? We're all here for the same reason. Whether you like them, whether you don't, it doesn't matter when the, 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 the ball starts getting played. Yeah, once the whistle blows, no, you're spot on. We'll talk about I, I totally get it. I think that uh, the comments that Brendan has made since he came back to the club have been slightly different from the Brendan of old. Um, the Brendan of old was very bold. The word ego comes into it all the time. Jerry, I think at that level, you know, ego is fine if you can manage it. You've got to accept that it's there at that level. I mean, you've got to have an ego at that level, but you've got to manage it. It became a bit of a monster for me first time round, where it became the Brendan show. Uh, but listen, he, he won every single tournament he ever um, got into in terms of the domestic game in Scotland previously, seven out of seven. So you can't argue with his approach the way he left the club, and then he's explained that he was sorry for the way that he hurt people, but he doesn't regret the decision. I find that really quite complex, Jerry. It's almost like, I'll make the decision for me. I'll look after myself. I'm really sorry that it upsets you. <laughs> but he'll do it anyway. You know, he said that when he was doing that round of golf, wasn't he, that interview? And I was looking yeah. at him and I'm going, you know, he actually means that. He will still make the decision, knowing that we're all going to be gutted, but he'll do it anyway. And then he'll apologise for upsetting us. The buzz on the boy are massive, right? First and foremost. But can I say this? I have fallen back in from hook, line and sinker. I'm here for it all. See now, right? I've seen so many tweets, people saying, we know what he's like. We know the ego. We know the stories he's going to come up with. Let's just enjoy the ride now, you know? And I think you're exactly... This is why he's done so well in his in his career. There's a lot of kind of... You can get over-assertiveness, you can get unassertiveness, and I think... He's just got it right. He knows what he wants. He, he gets what he wants. I mean, the, the ball's to come back, first and foremost. And I thought he was going to come back and go, I'm so sorry, guys, like, I'm going to do it. But he's not. He's come back and he's actually taking control of us again. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it's got to be that way. It's got to be that way. There's always going to be folk that are ready to pounce on him here. Because of, um, I was watching, actually, uh, I was listening to something on the radio and some folk were talking about it, and they're right. He's not going to have the time that he had from certain uh, sections of the fans like he would have had last time. They're ready to bounce on him, um, which I get to an extent. But I'm here for it all. Gaslight me all you want, Brendan Rogers. Just give us the trophies and I'll be happy. Yeah, Laura said in the chat, lie to me, baby. I'm not quite at that <laughs> point yet, right? <laughs> but um, you're right in what you say, Jerry. The first result we ever got under Brennan first time round was Lincoln Red Imps. If that anything near that would happen now, the reaction would be completely different. It was quite a low-key reaction. You know, we were covering the games not live at that time. I don't think anybody was worried that we'd take them back to Celtic Park and, and obviously get the take care of business, as it says in the, the tagline. Uh, really interested in your thoughts. If you want to comment and get involved in the comment section, it works on two levels. Um in hosting the show, obviously, we've got three uh, contributors on today, and I do scroll through the comment section. However, in, in a normal uh, show for an hour, we get a 1,000 comments on the live feed, so I can't get through every single one of them. I will bring up as many as I can see that are relevant to the discussion. But if there is something... I've got a complaint. You never read my comments out, and I don't care who reads them. You never read them there you go. There's no favouritism, is there? No, there is no favouritism. There is no favouritism. <laughs> if it's something beyond the chat that you need to give us a shout about um, and you don't get through the social media channels, email us, pauljohndykes at gmail.com because I know that there's other things out there that uh, you want to talk to us about or run by us. So 
always feel free to email us and we'll get back to you. One thing I was going to say, um, we've got Axome stickers, right? It's the same logo that you see on the left-hand side of the screen there. And we make them available for anybody to pick them up at the live events. And what we will say to you is we definitely don't want you to stick them on council property. That's absolutely what we don't want you to do. Uh, I've been getting some pictures of said stickers all over Glasgow and further afield. We would never, ever tell you to do that or encourage vandalism in any way, shape or form. Am I right, Brian? Correct. Absolutely. I'm just getting that disclaimer out there in case the council send me a bill for removing them. But do what you want with them, but definitely don't stick them anywhere out on council property, ladies and gents. I would never, ever uh, be able to uh, encourage that kind of behaviour. I'm going to start off with um, the... The, the news again that we've lost another youngster, actually. This is something that would probably fly under the radar, but it is becoming something of a concern. Um, and that as soon as a player shows any kind of prospect, any kind of ability, he's away. He's off ski. And the latest one's a 16-year-old called Aidan Borland, who's away to Aston Villa. Now, this follows on the heels of guys like Liam Morrison and Barry Hepburn, who left for Bayern Munich. Ben Doak, probably the cream of the crop, who's left for Liverpool, and there's many others, Brian. I mean, you know what? See, at some point in the season, we could probably look back on 12 to 15 young guys who have left under the similar circumstances to clubs like Brighton and Watford, Blackburn Rovers, etc., etc. Um, however, I think, you know, people assume, for obvious reasons, that a player like Ben Doak is offered 10 grand a week at Liverpool, age 16, and then it becomes a no-brainer. He's off-ski, right? And I get that. I get the monetary issue. I totally accept that. However, what did Celtic do, Brian, to try and keep the player? You know, what what incentive did we give him? What pathway did we offer a player like Ben Doak? He's now ripping it up. People might say to me, listen, you could probably offer them the same wages and he would go anyway. And that might be the case. But I just don't think we've got much to offer a player that age. We, we certainly don't have a platform to offer them. So I'm, I'm trying to tie this into what, uh, we announced the other week there with Admira Wacker. We've got a team that we're going to work in partnership with. We're going to send some young guys over there. They're going to be playing second-tier football rather than fifth-tier Scottish football. I, th I see that as a start, but I think we need to have partnerships dotted probably all around Europe, Brian, with teams that share a philosophy you know, and a style a play um, that we can send these guys off, get them game time, and bring them back and then assess them over pre-season to see if the first team ready. Because at the moment, it's just player after player after player leaving the building. And it's very, very difficult because we end up having to buy players in at 20 and 21. We should be rearing our own at that age. What do we do? Absolutely. And it, just, just before I go on my, my, my rant about it, you might notice in the camera, it's all, it looks like there's like some sort of soft-focused filter on it, like Joan Collins and that episode of Star Trek. Back in the day, I promise it's not to make me look better. A, nothing good. B, it's just a shady camera, so you're just going to have to love it. Um, and so, yes, in terms of the youngsters leaving, so uh, there doesn't seem a plan in place for me is the issue. So we've had conversations with loads, and I'm always about an outlier in terms of the loan system. Because I don't, the, for instance, we use Boston Lau as an example. So I thought about sending him out on loan. He's 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to send him? that you're not going to know about. Like, what are you going to find out about him at 20 that you don't know already? Send him out at 17, at 16, get him 30 games under their belt before they're 18, 40 right. games, 50 games, then assess them. And if they're not good enough at 18 or 19, they're not going to be good enough because you're sending prospect players at 19, you're sending prospect players at 20, but you're keeping your, your youth players to their 23 and then releasing them. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's a weird disconnect and it's not quite working. And if you look at and I think it's 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 partly our fault with fans as well, by the way. It's not just the club because, say, Jota leaves and we don't sign anybody, we don't sign another player because we say, well, we've got Rocco Vata, right? So we give him a shot. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do well and we don't win the league. We get caned and that's it done. Whereas we sign players and they say, well, where's the young players going to play? And say, well, who are you going to swap out for them? Back when I used to have Twitter, I used to argue with people all the time because they'd be like, youth players are not getting a chance and say, well, who, what youth players at the moment are better than the first team players? Like, who would you drop for? Vata, the now? That's how you should get 20 games this season, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can understand why you might know. You know why you drop CCV or Narovsky for Boston Lamar? 
you know what I mean? So it, it's a hard act. It's a, it's a hard balance to get. But totally. I just think you, with these guys that are like 16, get them loan somewhere. There's no point landing them in Scotland because the, the football is so different. Send them down to the Championship in England or further afield. You know, a Portuguese team like Mikey Johnson went to. Send them out there. Let them see how they do in a real environment. If at 18 you think they're good enough, keep them, try and filter them into the squad. If you don't, let them go. It's just such a strange way of doing things. It's almost like, it's like the academy's part of Celtic's identity, a brain players through. But at the same time, we probably through doing what Brighton and Brentford do and they'll have an academy system and just moneyballing it and try to buy younger players in. So it's, it's, it's almost like a weird, like I would like players to come through as a conveyor belt. I'd like you to give them more chance. And I think, if I was honest, I would probably take you know, I could take a few defeats if we're blooding youngers for the longer term, but it's just not the environment we operate in as a club or as a fan base. No, I think there's some good points here because even the discussion around the first four transfers that came in, my my point would always be, right, okay, so I, I don't think they're starters and then people disagree with that. Well, who are they going to replace? Would you drop any of the, the three midfielders for home? No, the answer is no. Of course you wouldn't. He's looked good in a couple of the games but he's not going to get a start. Would you drop a badder for, for Yang? Not at this point. If a badder plays poorly over a period of time, Yang gets his chance off the bench and takes it, fair enough. And it's the same with the, the youngsters, because I think you would get to a point, Jerry, where um, you know if the response to Jota leaving was that we were basically going to pin all our hopes on Rocco Vata, I don't, I don't think it would be well received, even though I think the guy's got huge potential. I want to see him working for Celtic. I don't want to see him leaving the club. And there's a wee bit of concern around that, simply because he's he's changed agency, for example. Um, is there a fix, do you think, Jerry? Is, or do we expect maybe every so often for us to unearth a generational talent? It seems, though, that when we do that, they're off-ski before we get the chance to see them in the hoops. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a fix at all. I think we're just going to have to suffer this for the the rest of the time. However, I can't argue with the big man at all when it comes to it. It's, it's, they're just stagnating here. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They need to be off. They need to be. If you're sitting there just playing maybe one game a week and you're not getting any intensity, you're not getting any pressure from the fans. They're not going to learn from that. You need to be out there living it to get that experience. If you, but then you're running the risk as soon as they go to another team. Their profile goes up if they are doing well, and then can you can you keep them? Because um, their head might turn. Um, what what do you do with it? Like I think the only time that we're going to see someone really come through is if injuries hit us really bad, and we've literally got no option but to give one of these young guys a run in the team for a few weeks, and, if, and then that's when you go, well, this boy can he can play in the first team? Oh, he's consistent in the first team. He's a first team pick. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. I'm sure that was pretty much with Forrest and McGregor as well. And it's it's Tierney. 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 Exactly, mate. Exactly. And look up now. It's do you take that risk of playing a young person? Because then everyone points at the manager and says, That's why we lost this, because you had the faith in them. Because back know. to the Alan Hansen thing as well, you can't win anything with kids, but I you can. And do you know what? See if somebody said to us, right, you need to play. Vata, Summers, Lowell, this season, boom, you have to. I'm guaranteed one or two of them would probably turn in a really, really good They would come through. Yeah, they'd come through. They'd come through. Um, But I, the Doak one was tough. I think now because everyone's seen how good he is, you know Mm -hmm. I mean? It's tough, but you can't can't compete. Would you say 10 grand at 16? Yeah, yeah. If I was 16, I'd be trying to work out how many cans of monsters and and elf bars is that every week? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I was making 10 quid on the papers. Um, now, when, when you think about even Tony Ralston, the situation was was that we had no other right-backs. The short-termism of selling Frimpong, replacing him with a loan player, um, and John Joe Kenny the previous season, left us in a situation where we had no right-backs. We had Tony Ralston. He played the game. He took his chance. Otherwise, he'd have been gone. He would have been gone. He would have disappeared, and and we would never have given him a second thought. And now you're looking at him, and, and personally, once we get to the defence, I'm going to start him on uh, flag day tomorrow. Get involved in the chat. What's your thoughts? Celtic have a great tradition of rearing youth players. Um, has that come to an end? Are we in a situation now where whatever we try to do, be that a B team into the pyramid, it doesn't work due to Scottish football in the way that it's built because they don't want the B teams to get promoted. Therefore, 
they're going to be stuck in the fifth tier. That's not going to develop the players. So, yeah, what's your thoughts? Double Denim straight in. Can't wait for the game tomorrow. I think we'll get a sense of our squad strength for the season ahead after a few games. For now, pretty sure Brendan will go with the tried and tested 11. Well, we're going to be asking Brian and Jerry um, through the, the areas of the park who we should select tomorrow, and we'll see if there are any surprises. Class 1978 thinks that Burnaby might be a surprise starter tomorrow. Think Brendan likes him. Hail, hail from Corby. Big Celtic hotbed, Corby, as far as I know. Never been. Uh, Durban Culture. Hello to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. So who is it then? I mean, you know, who's the good, the bad, and definitely. Ugly? Cheers, Urban Culture. Uh, working tonight, but uh, be home in time for the big build-up. Superb. And Paul McLean, at this point, no stronger than last season. I think, and I probably nicked it, actually, I think Lawrence made a good point on Tuesday whereby he says the squad's stronger, but the starting 11 isn't. And I get exactly what he means, because Jota won't be starting tomorrow, but we have strengthened by bringing in a centre-and-a-half, two defensive mids, two right-wingers. And by the way, Jared pointed out yesterday, which is always good to get that specialist knowledge, don't just think Tilio's a right-winger, because he could well be the, the guy that can play both wings. And I think that in losing Jota, you lose a bit of that adaptability, that versatility, and then obviously Tilio can play both wings. He can also play as a number ten. So really chuffed to see what the uh, really excited to see what the starting lineup will be. Flag day celebrations, Brian. Yesterday when I was talking to Jack Turner, the boxer, we had a great discussion about the uh, ultras group, the boys. Um, so tune into that. I'm hoping that I have it out there over the weekend. It's going to be an audio only, so that will be on our sports socials across all the audio platforms. Um, they've announced the TIFO. So there's going to be a TIFO from the, the boys group. Um, obviously, the Green Brigade tweeted upon the appointment of Brendan Rogers. So I'm interested to see if there's going to be anything from that particular group. I'm over it. Time to move on, Brian. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, look, a lot of people were, were sort of complaining because the Green Brigade won at Parkhead and, and for the testimonial and stuff. And quite honestly, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me if they're there or no. I think they, they add a lot of atmosphere and they add good things to games and the brown tifos and stuff. But if they're not there, the seats will be taken and, and it'll be a good atmosphere anyway. I think I'm more excited about the game and about the result and about seeing the players and seeing how we end up than worrying about the fans are doing or not doing. Um, but you're right in terms of excitement. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I, I, I can't wait. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be quite a really exciting game. Um I'm dying to talk about the lineups, but I'll, I'll wait for you to say it. But um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. I think there'll be a few surprises in the lineup as well, um, and I think I think you may see some surprising changes. Mo, no Jim or no party. Jim <laughs> is on the show every fortnight, and I mean, look what we've got lined up here. Most is going to be bad and ugly. We've got today some other bad, bad and ugly. Have Jim been uh, described as the life and soul of the party? I mean. <laughs> He's the most sensible guy on here. <laughs> he will be watching. He will be watching. Let us know your thoughts, Jim. Jim on. I absolutely love Jim on this. He's absolutely. Celtic follower, you're on the YouTube. Afternoon, all team selection tomorrow. Uh, might bring the odd surprise. We'll see what the, the panel thinks today. Uh, not only on YouTube, we're also streaming on Twitch. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Twitter. We're all over the place. Um, I've not got my head around any of the new platforms but I'll get there you know even the ones that have been out for a while like Instagram I will get there and we will have pages on there as soon as possible Charlie Connolly hail hail from sunny Cape Town I, I love to hear where um, our viewers are tuning in from it sometimes you know blows my mind when it's uh, some far-flung place and they're listening to a wee bit of the axon um, Mahaj Raja uh, no Moy no Jota Celtic start out season weaker. I get that. I totally get that point of view. Let's start off then uh, with the goalkeeper situation, guys, right? So I think when you look at the game the other night, uh, competitive edge to it, you know, we've done really well to come back in the second half. Obviously, what was one of the things that was notable was that Joe Hart didn't get any minutes. So uh, Brennan Rogers is still assessing. He's spoken about this assessment process. He's still assessing the goalkeepers. He's now seen all three goalies. I've seen loads of chat on here in the comment section around the future of Joe Hart. Listen, regardless of what you think of the, the, the keeper, just his contract situation makes it a discussion point. Does he stay? Does he go? Do we bring in a goalkeeper? Where are you on the goalkeeper situation? I'll start with yourself, Brian, because my view is quite clear. Joe Hart's your number one. 
I'm not convinced with the other two goalies that, that played the other night in Segrist and Bain. So I would be looking to bring in another keeper. And if you're going to bring one in, don't bring in a backup. Bring in someone who is going to go for the number one jersey. What's your take on it, Brian? Um, pretty much exactly that, to be honest. I said, I've been saying for a while, um, even towards the tail end of last season, um, like Starfield, I think Joe Hart's been, been great for us, but we need an improvement. If we're going to keep moving forward, we need to improve. And, and that's a big area for me, we need to improve. I think that when, when Joe Hart came in, what he brought was a real sort of, that experience, that unquantifiable thing where he was organising the back four, he was giving him a bit of confidence, he was strong, he was commanding. He didn't do much to, he wasn't like, oh, wow, what an amazing keeper he still is. But it was these other things he added. We don't need that now. The defence is settled, the team is settled, we're moving in the right direction. I think we, we need an upgrade at the goalkeeper situation. Um, Seagrass, quite liked when he's done the United. Don't think he's, I think he's covered it best. Bain, I can never quite get my head around. He must have pictures of somebody in a shower that he's blackmailing to get a new contract and still beat Celtic. Scott Bain, no offence to the lad, but what are we talking about here? Um, so I, I would imagine you, you get a new keeper. I think Joe Hart will probably go if you get a new keeper because I don't imagine he won't be benched. I know that was his big problem with being at Tottenham. He just he, he said he would play a part on a Saturday for the second game, so I don't imagine he'll stay. Um, speaking of Celtic youngsters, all the way Emmy, what's happening with him? Do you think he, you know, he's away? He's away to Admiral Wacker, so he's going to spend a year over there. Right, he's um, for a season, aye. So he's away on loan. Um, they reckon there'll be maybe four of them, Brian, going over for his game time. Uh, and, and listen, imagine being a young footballer and with maybe two or three of your teammates getting sent away to another country for that experience. I, I just think it's brilliant for them rather than you know, playing fifth-tier Scottish football and, and all this kind of stuff. And they're doing it in a more structured way. So that ties into the original conversation we had, Brian. So I yeah, hope it works out for them. Yeah. Well. You know, they survive in other countries. You know, they, they deal with different languages, different people. So it's, it's good for them as, as, as people as well. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I, I mean, listen, I would be, you know, at that age, I, I just think there's a journey for these guys and it, and it would be an, an amazing standard of life. People going about the, the money and all that. But, you know, a lot of these players, they get to the, a certain stage and they're still in their early 20s and they've not kicked on. I mean, you've just got to look at uh, Dembele, situation with Karamoko, situation with Okoflex. Uh, and there's been so many in the past, Islam Farouz, you know, the cautionary tale of Islam Farouz and Sonny yeah. Pike and all these guys. You know, it's just like, yeah, enjoy the experience, but you've also got to have the the Callum McGregor head on, haven't you? You've got to be able to say, right, how can I use this as a springboard? Um, Joe Hart, I'm a massive fan. By the way, Jerry, uh, Alistair Ross saw you on Tuesday night, passed you in Area 140 a couple of times. There you go. You're a, a well-kent face, obviously. You know, I bought me a pie. I was queuing for ages, man. And then I, you know, I, did, I, bought, I was like, I'll, I'll get one. I'll, I'll go back in and I'll come back out 10 minutes later when Skews are done. Come back out and all the pies were gone. Absolutely. Really? Rich. I know. Okay. Joe Hart. Um, so, interesting. I'm, you know, I, I like to try and read into things. Why didn't he get played in the testimonial? Now, I know that he wants to give the other two keepers their chance, right? You can't play three keepers in one game. I get that. He was fully kitted, right? Because when he came off to clap the fans, fully kitted, had his gloves a lot. So it didn't seem as if it was a talk that was getting, like between him and Brendan beforehand to go, look, sit this one out. Because mm-hmm. he was fully kitted. He looked a bit down. I might be reading too much into it. But I was sure that Hart would have got time in a James Forrest testimonial over the likes of Seagrist because Hart's played with them for longer. Mm-hmm. I just thought, and he's he's won so many more trophies with him. I thought, why didn't he get any time? I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's going to be a big curveball for Brendan tomorrow when it comes to the goalkeeper. I hope not. I hope not. Now I was quite vocal. <laughs> Natasha Rico, um basically sent me a video into the group chat when I, I posted, I was right behind the goal for uh, Bowie's second one. Mm-hmm. And I straight away, I put in the group chat, Seeker should have saved that, right? Then Natasha sent me the video and it didn't look as bad on the video. So I said, I retract my statement, but I've watched it again. <laughs> I back I, again. I, because what I should have said was, a lot of keepers wouldn't have saved that. Boric would have, Fraser Foster would have, and this is what we're getting at. 
we need those keepers that are going to make those class saves. Mm-hmm. His feet were slow. He should have got to it. It was a great finish. I'm not taking anything away from it. It was pre-season. Well, what can we still call that pre-season? Just the game before. But on top of that, his, his, his passing was horrific. Um, there was some folk going on. But Bain had a great half because his, his passing was better. If that's if that's a measure right now, it's I, I'm worried. I'm worried about the goalkeeper situation. With Joe Hart, when he first came in, I've said this on record before, the stadium erupted when he made a save. It was pretty much a normal height because it was the first save a Celtic goalkeeper had made in the past season because Barkas hadn't made a save. He literally hadn't made a proper save. So that's what he was coming in to fix. But he's fixed that and he's been a great servant. But we can't keep relying on this now because that's going to come off again. That's just That plaster's going to come off. Um, he's a great servant, but I don't think he'll hang around to be a sub-goalkeeper. And he would. I think all the fans would wish him the best. He's not a guy you want to lose. He'd be a great backup. I just don't think he sees himself in that in, in the last stages of his career. But we need a goalkeeper. It's worrying me. No, it is. I, just, you know, a month ago, I remember being at Barazat and Design and Strachan um, played a, a clip. He actually played a clip of Boric's performance against Man United. And oh. I never I never appreciated, um, you know, had, he not, had we not uh, bought a goalkeeper of that ilk, Jerry. Man, you would have beat a six nothing that night. I mean, honestly, you you see yeah. some of the saves he was pulling off. It was unbelievable, double and treble saves at a time. It was it was incredible the performance. And often, particularly in the Champions League, we're going to need a goalkeeper who can do that. You know, you you hear a lot of people saying Foster would win you X points a season. A good goalie does. A good goalkeeper does that. What Joe Hart's done in the first uh, in in the last two seasons rather. Is has been pivotal to our success, absolutely pivotal. In years to come, when people look back on this campaign and the campaign when Ange first came in, he will be pinpointed as being one of the most important signings. And previously, I've spoken about him being pound for pound, potentially the best in those two seasons. And I know we only paid one and a half for O'Reilly and one and a half for, for Hatati. But in terms of the leadership qualities, we needed that so much. There was such a lack of leaders. I mean, we had so many conversations. Who's going to captain the team? Sounds bizarre now, Brian, because Callum McGregor obviously took that armband and, you know, there was he never missed a beat, did he? But at the time, it was like, we've got no leaders. And he came in and we bought a ready-made leader. And I think that there's been as much of an influence off the park as there has been on it. But we're at that stage now. We're two years down the line and Celtic are a team that need to continually develop and move on. And I think that we will bring in a goalie. Jerry has suggested there's going to be a curveball Tomorrow with a goalkeeper, perhaps. Does anybody agree? I tell you what, it wouldn't surprise me, Jerry. I'm hoping Pelters it doesn't happen. Coming. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Now, by the way, regardless who's in goals, JJ Celtic reckons we're gonna win five one. The predictions have started coming in. I'm confident. I've got to say it. And by the way, I don't mind putting it out there because I know as soon as you say something, it can come back to haunt you regarding what happens the following day. I'm confident going into this game. I think managers like um, and you might love or loathe their style of play, but see managers like Robinson and Martindale and, and Mackay, when you look at the the budgets that they've got and they go in season on season on season thinking, we've just got to stay up, we've got to stay up. And sometimes they have that dream season where they're in the top six and all this kind of stuff. They'll be well organised. You know what I mean? They'll play to their, their strengths, which is defensive, you know, playing big blocks of players. Parking the bus, they'll do all that. And we've got to find a way, but I think we will. And as soon as you, you score that opening goal, then it opens up for you. Mark Teller, always a pleasure to see you. Hail, hail to you as well, as well as love it. Hail, hail to you. I hope everybody has a great weekend in store. James Love, we start a critical season weaker than we ended the last one. Listen, we'll be even weaker, if that's your take on it, if Carol Starfelt's to leave the building. This story doesn't seem to be going away, Brian. Um, a lot of people are putting two and two together and getting Portugal uh, for obvious reasons. But... <laughs> There has been a couple of teams said to be interested in Starfield. I will see it as something of a backward step because we've just brought in the Rocks and I'm thinking to myself, with Rocky coming in, that's really strengthening the centre-half positions, but don't lose one of your first picks. Yes and no. So it depends how you look at it. I think that, obviously, I don't want Starfield to go, but I think he, he would only be sanctioned. Brendan Rodgers would only sanction that transfer if he's got somebody else coming in. He's not yeah. stupid very experienced so 
And I said, I mentioned the earlier, I think as good as Starfield's been, we need to upgrade. So if he's leaving and someone else is coming in, then I'll accept it and I'll, I'll, I'll think we're stronger. If you leave and nobody else comes in, then, then I might start getting concerned. But we're not going to know until the end of the window how that's going to look. So I'll reserve judgment for that time. Um, but Starfield was an interesting one. A lot of people had to vote me because I've not really had to vote him. I just said I think he's that great. But he said, but he's got clean, everything he's played next to Carter Vickers. We've never lost a game. I says, right, how many games have you played without Carter Vickers? He's like, everything we've lost a game. Well, there you go. Carter Vickers is a common denominator then, right? Play me next to Carter Vickers, are going to win the game. So I'm not <laughs> disparaging Starfield too much, but I don't think it's a crumbling loss, to be honest. I think Nerovsky might be an upgrade. Um, over the piece I think he looks very confident um, but again I'll reserve judgement on the, the Starfield thing until we know see if he's leaving and there's no plan in place I would be surprised if he'll just walk back into that Listen I think it's a good point because th- there's one way Jerry, to really annoy a gaffer and that is to put us in a position where you're ill prepared it's happened so many times in the past you know you sell a player you don't have the replacement in. It's something I think in Angie's time we tended to be on the right side of. We had the player in, you know, Johnson, for example, injured tomorrow. We bring him in whilst Juranovic is still in the building. That's the way we were doing business. And I think Brian's right. I don't see Novroski as being Starfelt's replacement. You know, I don't want the board to try and sell us that one. I'm thinking, right, he was to bolster that area. And if we lose Starfelt, we need another one in. Do you agree with that? Definitely. Like, well, you've been talking about this. We've seen it coming. So, Portugal, that's where Jacinta is, isn't it? Now? It is, yeah. We called I this. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about how footballers are human beings and they'll yeah. listen to their wives, they'll listen to their family. If they, You know what it's like when you meet someone that head over heels in love to then being hundreds of miles away from each other. That's going to play a part. If if he wants to take a, a backward step, it's easier for us to say anyone that you go out with Celtic is going to be a backward step, right? Unless it's Premier League or that. But he's this is going to make a, a big thing in his decision here. I, I believe it. We cannot let him go, though, because, like you're saying, if Naroki's Nero, uh, going to be the guy, then at least we've got Starfelt. But Starfelt goes... We're falling back on your Kobayashi, yes, yeah. which we, we don't want to be doing. Um, and I agree as well. Like I think you could have stuck it if Ambrose beside uh, Carter Vickers. And- you took that too far. You took that too far, Jerry. <laughs> I was bad enough, Jerry. Don't bring anything in. Sorry. Sorry. What, what's the comment? Light up. Didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't Ambrose? Did you put a Kev? Did I just compare? You did. Uh, you did. Yeah. Didn't Didn't oh, Ambrose oh. play against Barcelona, twenty twelve? Mate, he was a cult figure. He's a cult figure. 100%. Yeah, he is a a cult figure. Um, He's he's still playing with Queen of the South. Uh, No, I think it's great that we're now talking about things like Jota leaves and and he he makes that comparison between Celtic and his girlfriend and that he was crazy in love with us and everything. Everybody's getting a bit amorous here. Carol Starfelt going over to Portugal. Celta Vigo has been mentioned. Um, We've also heard Spartak Moscow. I'm not sure how much uh, truth is in that one. But yeah, I'll be very disappointed if he goes. And I'll tell you, once we see that team line up tomorrow, I think it's going to tell us a lot about that situation. Um, An hour before kickoff as well. Ian Laurie, as I say, I love watching boxing, but I can't pretend to sit here and be an aficionado, right? I can tell you who I like. I love Muhammad Ali for obvious reasons. I love. I used to love watching uh, Mike Tyson. You might remember that. I think it was the first Sky Box Office boxing game. Boxing game. <laughs> boxing match <laughs> between Tyson and Frank Bruno. Remember that? And you had to stay up to God knows what time it was. I remember all that. Uh, I've got to say, I used to quite like Chris Eubank. I liked Prince Nazim. I liked these guys. Um, I, I did, just for the, the box office nature of it. So anyway, we're See now at a stage. See while we're on the boxing. You know how you're raising money for the young lad? Yes. I want to offer I'll charity box somebody from a Rangers podcast. Oh my <laughs> god. Hey, and maybe somebody for a Celtic podcast, the way that goes. I don't think that actually yeah, I will stay away from that one, I think. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the boxing. A bit of the boxing, a bit of the boxing, yeah. So Ian Laurie, my boy's an amateur. 
15, six foot two, 95 kilograms. You're not be fighting him, Jerry. Uh, one, two, lost one on points. This is me now talking like I know the boxing. Good Celtic boy. Well, good luck to him, Ian. I hope he does well. Um, and his aspirations, his aspirations, of course, might not be to make it pro and all that. But if that's what he wants to do, good luck to him. Keep us informed on how he gets going. Liam Collo, um, three boxing matches have happened at Celtic Park. There we go. So the first one, March 24th, 1917, uh, Jimmy Wilde. Nice one. Um, is there any more info? Uh, he also saw you at the game, Jerry. By the way, Liam. He also was saw the guy you at the game. Aye, on Tuesday, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sticking the axon stickers all over public property. Um, Ian McGinley, 1949, May the 18th. Harry Hughes versus Billy Thompson, I think, as well. So that was maybe the second fight. And where else have we got Colin Jordan coming in here? First boxing match. So you call it a boxing match, that's fine. At Celtic Park was March the 24th, Jimmy Weld versus Did Shields. You could put any name up here, Colin, and I wouldn't know if they were a boxer or no. But yeah, anyway. Jim Moore, he was there. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, get in on the get on the chat. Jim, you've got to stand up for yourself here. Right. We're talking about the back five. Um we'll finish off the Starfield chat then, Brian. Does he start for you alongside Cat Vickers tomorrow? No. No. Oh. I think Narovsky. Um, comes in to start next day, next day Starfield, eh, next day Carter Vickers. I think they both start. What does that say about his future for you? Yeah, I just the only reason I just think that Brendan, if I mean, depends on Carter Vickers' fitness, right? So he's saved through that first 45 minutes. I think against Ross County, you can play him and then let him let him get through it. I think he Narovsky starts instead of Starfield, although. I would be tempted to put a wee outside bet on scales maybe starting. Oh. Just purely because I think it would be a chance for Rogers to assess him in a, in a real sort of competitive game against opposition that he should be able to do it against. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, but my back five would be Hart, Ralston, Carter Vickers, Norovsky and Burnaby. Andrew Gallea. I said, last time I was on, I said that I think Burnaby might play more games than Taylor this season. And I get absolutely rubbish for it in the chat. But I just think that, and you notice that against Bilbao, Taylor is clearly, and he was my favourite player last season. I thought he was excellent. But I think he was much better than that inverted fullback. I just think with Burnaby being straight to the byline, cross in, and he's got that recovery pace. Brendan Rodgers highlighted in the chat afterwards as well. So, I think there might be a few surprises, but yeah, I think Narovsky and Burnaby come in. That's Brian got us started. Andrew Galea, pre-season most impressive for you. Burnaby scales and all. I think they have impressed. Um, I'm not sure if they've impressed enough to get a starting berth. Brian thinks Burnaby certainly has. I'm going to come to you, Jerry. Uh, what's the makeup of your defence? Right, well, I do agree. I think that I would... Right. I think Narovsky is going to be the partnership with Vickers. But I think we should start with Starfield tomorrow. He's Naroki in. I think he is going to be the main partnership. Um, I'm going to stick with... I, th- I think he will play hard. I'm just saying there might be a curveball there. But I think he's obviously our best goalkeeper. So, Joe Hart, Bernie on the left. Uh, because I've been calling this for the past few weeks, I really think that he's going to be a favourite for Brendan. Uh, so, Starfield, Vickers... And I want Ralston, but I think it's going to be a water on the right. But if I want it, if it's who I would like, Ralston on the right. I said this yesterday, I'm playing it safe. It's Hart, Ralston, Taylor, Starfield, Carter, Vickers for me. But I just think that you're going to do it gradually. However, it would not surprise me if, if there were some of these changes. Now, yesterday, we uh, spoke to JP. JP said that uh, the way that Novroski played, or even the way that he looked, reminded him of Jozo Simunovic. Remember Jozo? Um, Jozo Simunovic is 29 years of age today, Brian. 29. Still a youngster. Um, he shares a birthday with uh, Mohamed El Yunusi. Both of them are 29. El Yunusi found himself a new club, Copenhagen. Joshua Simunovic, since leaving Celtic three years ago, gents, has played the equivalent of si- six and a half games of football in three years. His career is basically finished. Yeah, on you know through the injuries, dodgy knees. I remember um, when he was at Celtic, he had the medical with Torino. 
And I think they were talking five, six million quid for him and he fails his medical and it all breaks down. So I hate seeing that with footballers. I really do. So happy birthday to, to both of them. 29 years ago today, here's a wee tribute to Paddy Sinnott because number one in the charts 29 years ago today was Paddy's favourite Love Is All Around by Wet, Wet, Wet. There you go. And hopefully Paddy can come back on at some point, Brian, to defend himself or even explain that. Uh, but he's a big Wets fan, isn't he? Yes, he loves it. He loves it. I think he's always saying goodnight, girl, in the chat and, and, and that sort of stuff. So he feels it in his fingers, he feels it in his toes. So you can't get that feeling out of him, can you? It does. He it does. That was number one for about three seasons, was it, though? I know. Uh, I uh, it, was, you know? <laughs> it was rotten. It was rotten. Colin Jordan points out, and I've seen a picture of this Sugar Ray Robinson played drums in a Celtic song in 1964. Bizarre. It's bizarre the things that you find, isn't it? Um, Paul McQuaid, we're going to get to the midfield, Paul. Uh, players like the likes of Turnbull ain't going to make take us up a level in Europe. We need to stop kidding ourselves. What do you think of that? Because I think, adding on to Andy uh, Galea's comment earlier, I think Turnbull's been pretty impressive in the pre-season. And Danny Boy, Scales is a very good journeyman, but that's it. He is never good enough for the level we require. But that doesn't mean he can't have a very good career. I tend to agree with that. I think he's been very good, particularly in the last two games. I thought he's looked really good indeed. However, I think once you get to that nitty-gritty, uh, Bodo Glimt away, you'll remember that. I think he'll get shown for the level that he's at. However, that will allow him to move on and have a very good career elsewhere. He is on that list that I personally made. My view on 10 players who could leave Celtic, David Turnbull's also on it. Does he make you in midfield, Brian Degnan? He does. He does. He starts. Um, I've got McGregor, O'Reilly and Turnbull. And actually, I was very close to it being McGregor, O'Reilly, home. Oh. Because I think he's been an absolute standout pre-season. I think he's going to be incredible for us. Just his touch, his composure, the way he looks. He can win the ball back, physicality. I think the boy's going to be special. But it may just be a bit too soon to start him. Um, I think... I'm going to make it, and this is based on the assumption it's a 4-2-3-1. So I think Turnbull's going to go in behind my striker, who will reveal, won't be a surprise. Um, I just think that Hitati's been a bit up and down. I don't think he's quite used, he's not had a good pre-season game for me. I don't think he looks especially comfortable in the new system yet. I think he will. I think Hitati's longer term the answer, I don't think Turnbull is, but I think Turnbull starts tomorrow. So O'Reilly, who I think is going to be play of the season, call it now, McGregor and Turnbull. That's that's good. Last season, my, my shout for player of the season was Hitati in the pre-season. And I think he would have been the player of the season had he not suffered some injuries near the end, the tail end of the campaign. Jerry, Brian's already thrown it in there. He's playing Turnbull. How do you line up in your midfield tomorrow? Right, first, a couple of bold ones here, right? First off, I've resigned myself, Hitati's gone, right? Got my reasons for this. He's He would have been one of the first of the Japanese boys we offered a, a contract renewal to. We've announced the other guys. He's not announced it. He's waiting to go. I truly believe that Hitati will be gone in the next couple of weeks. However, my team tomorrow would be in the midfield, Hitati, McGregor and Quan. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Quan. Quan. You sure you were at the game? I was there, mate. I was there. It was horrendous, right? It was horrendous. But we know what Brendan's like, right? He wants to show his team. And I think he's the kind of guy going, no, no, we'll show what this boy can do. I think the occasion got to him. I've just got a feeling they're going to play him in front of the defence. I don't know why. I think they are. I think they're going to push the other two further up. Um but I'm going to be bold. I might as well. I'm going to be different. I think he's going to start Quan. That is bold. Um, I think Quan is looking like uh, this campaign's Kundai Benyu. Uh, by the way, I'm only joking, right? Before anybody tells me that the guy's trying to integrate himself into Scottish culture and society and, and all that, I get all that. I'm just talking about football. He looked absolutely out of his depth the other night. I think it's going to take time for him to acclimatise to the pace and to the style of football that Rodgers plays. And if he plays tomorrow, I'll fight you in that ring, Jerry. Right? That's that's <laughs> a, 
That's a char- that's a charity fight. There you I'm go. It's called a ring. I'll fight in that boxing pitch. I know, eh? I, that boxing square. I know nothing about boxing. I just like watching it. So that's the midfield. I'm going to go for the tried and tested Hatati O'Reilly McGregor. How predictable. I know I can hear you saying top three. Brian, who do we start top three? Uh, Abada, Kyogo, and Maeda. Just purely because, so at the start of the season, I thought Maeda might be the one that maybe Rogers wasn't sure about playing in the left. I thought maybe he was going to play him further up front or he might not work, but he's been excellent. Uh, apart from home, he's probably been the standout player in pre-season. Um, I think he's been really good and I think he's shown that he actually looked... Maybe, maybe no more confidence about, but it looks a bit more direct and a bit more sort of willing to try something mm-hmm. in pre-season. I think that's going to go as well. Um, I nearly had Jang in, in it because I think moving forward, I think Abada might start playing in the left because traditionally speaking, Rogers likes his wingers to cut in, which is actually something striking used to do a lot. And I think Abada cutting in his right foot could be absolutely deadly. But for the moment, I think it's Abada, Kyogo and Maeda. It's a good point. And by the way, um, I might be doing a Kevin Graham here whereby the player leaves 40 minutes after the podcast finishes. But Abada, for me, is mash out for player of the year. I just think we've seen him developing season on season. Brendan Rodgers seems to like him. He's pinpointed him in, in one of his press conferences. If he stays, I think Abada will show us exactly what he's got, all the tools he's got. Um, I agree with you. I think Abada, Kyogo and uh, made a start tomorrow. Jerry, have you got any other spanners to throw in the works? No, nearly, but you can't go against him, can you? You can't. Like, Maida... You might as well, Jerry, you can't do. Here's what I will say, right? Now, it's got to be Maida, uh, Kyogo and Abada, right? They're proven they've been great. But see Abada on the left and Yang on the right the other night. Mm-hmm. That yeah. looked good. That looked good. The only thing is, he's not going to... Maeda's what I think top player this pre-season, one of the top players this pre-season has been Maeda. He's going to be huge for us. What a headache to have right now, though, when it oh. comes to that. Because how good was O? Now, what I was doing at the game, and I'm going to admit this, right? I was spending too much time watching Yang off the ball to watch his movement that I didn't pick up on just how good Oden Holm had played until I come back and watched that again. And that's the kind of player that you know is great, that just they do what they need to do. They're not exactly catching the attention. So I was watching Wee Yang out in the wing to see, by the way, watch his movement. He's pulling them all out. He's pulling them all out. He's creating that space. Work ethic is through the roof as well. What's that, mate? His work ethic. He's going to come good. So... That's my, my front three, but don't be surprised if we see Yang in there. Don't be surprised. But who knows? I'm excited to see it. I know. Jungle Line points out, and he's 100% correct here. If you pick Hatati tomorrow, you're going on last season performances. I agree with that. If you if you were just going to go in form and who's worked themselves into your you know your, your top 11, then Turnbull's probably in for the shout. I think home looked excellent. I think he's, a, he's definitely going to be a, a good asset. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm going for the tried and tested, the predictable as it were. Uh, why am I picking Ralston over a Wata, who up until maybe Wolves, I thought, played okay um, in pre-season. And it's just because I much prefer having the player play in the natural position. That That's all that comes down to. It's the crossing I, as well. Yeah, I, I think a Wata is, is, is solid. I think he's going to be really good. Actually, on a guy who's coming up on Axel, Charlie Mulgrew, um, I think he's got that versatility in him. And that can play very special. It's going to be really good for the season. But mm-hmm. what it won't do is bombing down and putting crosses in. And I think that's going to be really key. That's why I picked Burnaby as well on the left because I just think that's going to be such a key weapon in Rogers Arsenal. That's I, I, honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing the team line up. Stephen Donnelly, Turnbull is in better form at the moment. I agree with that. So why on earth am I picking a tatty? It is on past glories, definitely. Uh, Glenn. Martin, who will forget the Simunovic tackle on Kenny Miller? You know, it's on T-shirts, badges. It's it's a meme. It's absolutely brilliant. I can watch that over and over. Um, absolutely agree with that. And Alan Woods reminds us, all the cool people in music support Celtic. Rangers have me and wet, wet, wet. And that was a quote from Alan McGee back in the day. Um, you're right about... You know, um, Charlie Mulgrew and Aidan McGee. McGee has signed for Air United, a two-year deal at Air United. And uh, Charlie Mulgrew has been announced today, has just been freed by Dundee United. But uh, both players will be joining me for a Q&A and an audience with uh, Don Max at the end of this month, actually 
three weeks, I think, tonight. It's three weeks tonight, and there is something like 25 tickets left. They really are going, and I think it's because they're more kind of modern players. Um, no disrespect to anybody who's not a modern player, but obviously, if they've not really been on the circuit of doing Q&As and being out there and speaking to fans, then it's always going to be interesting to go and see them and hear them, possibly for the first time. I think they've got a bit of crack about them as well, Brian, uh, Charlie and Aidan. So I'm really looking forward to that in three weeks' time. Come along. A few tickets available underneath the video as well. And, you know, Jerry mentioned about, you know, the charity initiatives that we are currently involved in and we are supporting. Um, we've supported a number over the years and, you know, big time the, the St. Mary's fundraiser was incredible. But at the moment, we, Jamie Tierney, we're going to be supporting we, Jamie. We've come up with a, an idea. We had quite a few Celtic jerseys lying about the studio, um, as you do. And we've decided now to start getting them signed with everybody we come into contact with that used to play for Celtic. Some of them are even signed by Rod Stewart. I know he never played with Celtic, but he's a Celtic fan. So he's signed a couple of them for us as well. And once they've kind of fully 20-odd signatures, we're going to get them framed up and we're going to auction them off for uh, charity for Wee Jamie to raise funds for them as well. The link is underneath the video. But we're going to do this thing called Selling the Jerseys. It's a new initiative whereby you give us your old jerseys, you can hand them in, you can bring them along to an event, replica jerseys, we'll get them signed with everybody we come into contact with. We'll get them framed, we'll pay for that and then we'll auction them off because everybody loves a signed Celtic jersey. It looks as though Brian's got one in the background, even though it's a wee bit blurry. That does look like a signed and framed Celtic jersey. So we're going to do all that. If you want to get them to us, you know where we are and you can come and visit us at the events as well. Or just see Jerry inside the stadium. Everybody sees Jerry inside the stadium. <laughs> and give him... And they got a spare for the Moragies, a show. Aye, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ross County, flag day tomorrow. Give me a prediction, Brian Degden. Full now. Comfortable for now. That's um, do that, Jerry. Aye, but I'll, I'll make something up. Carry on. Yeah, good, good man, good man. Full now, full now for me. Comfortable one. And you reckon that O'Reilly's going to be the player of the season? He's going to be the star man this season? Yeah. I, th- I just think under... I already think he's underrated at Celtic. I think he's cute criticising that and I can't really get it. Um, but I just think this season under Rodgers, he's going to... Him and Abad will be the most improved. But I think O'Reilly... He'll maybe add goals to his game. I think he'll fly in Europe. He's a man for this season. Okay, Doc. Jerry, what's your prediction? I was going to say 4 0. I was. Uh, but I'll go 3 0. Just to be bold. 3 0. 3 0. 3 0 going on 5. But um, I think my player of the year, Callum McGregor. I oh. think. I think under Brendan Rodgers, we just see what he's like. We know what he's like. I think we're going to get more goals from him this year. He loves a daisy cutter. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but he loves a daisy cutter shot. I just think Prime, he's, he's, a, he's, I wouldn't say an unsung hero. He does what he needs to do every single season. He's brilliant. He could win that any season. And I think this time he's going to get the acknowledgement on top of the acknowledgements he's got winning trophies. But he's going to be our player of the year. Right, I, I like that. I'll give you my thoughts as well. Jungle Lion, just on this point, you may have noticed on the channel every Monday, I go for a wee wander around Paradise. It's great to go up to the old, the dear old place and uh, I give a kind of view of the week behind us, a, a review, and we look ahead to the week ahead. And it gives me 10 or 15 minutes of exercise to start off my week as well. And it was raining on Monday. I'm sure we'll see sun, rain, snow, the works. Um, and that is one of the new shows that we do. Another thing you're talking about coming on tonight, another thing uh, throughout the season that we are planning is doing a show um, in the evening because we don't have any evening shows. So it won't be on a Monday because that's where the Wanderer in Paradise comes in. But during the week, we'll do a couple of shows as well. Um, and I'm going to try and get Wee James involved in that as well. Wee James McKenzie, who's going to be uh, doing a lot more of his work experience at Celtic State of Mind. So he is a, a budding journalist, and it's great to get as many Celtic-minded journalists into the Scottish mainstream media as possible. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Um, I reckon... Axel's player of the season. He'll be Axel's contributor of the season, Wee James. James, he is. Aye, I mean... He's grown in confidence with a mullet and all that. So, you know, I'm pretty sure you're right. He will be. He's never going to be Jota, but that's. <laughs> I like the fact he's trying. He's trying. Yeah. By the way, this will be like, because obviously I came out on loan at the end of last season to Axel. Right? <laughs> so, this is my first full season as an Axel contributor. I'm really looking forward to it. Really. You can get newcomer. You can get rookie of the season, Jerry. Rick, I like that. I like, we should do like an Axel awards for the Celtic players. We'll all I know. 
fans to vote who we think the player of the year is and get we an could, trophy. We could do that. Yeah, we could do that. Absolutely. I think we should. I'm going to go tomorrow, and it's not being cocky. I've already said you're, you're going to these games respecting the opposition, absolutely. And you know how they're going to play. But I reckon Celtic are going to win 5 0 tomorrow. And my player of the season, the one to watch, is going to be a badder. I think that it's just going to click for him. He's got the right coach. He's going to play enough games. And there's that wee question mark about a couple of your players. Can they transfer their skills onto the other platform, the higher platform of the Champions League? And I think he's won this season who will, and I think he'll fly. So there, there you go. There's my prediction. I thought a Yeti was a good signing, though, so what do I know? Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the comment section. If you want to make a comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you want to help us out any, any further, give us a big thumbs up as well. And all that's left for me to say is Brian Degnan and Jerry. Taylor, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.